And it's really, really hard to not be able to focus on what you love so much. And that same sentence can be true for my kids and also my work. It's true for both. It's the, it, it is completely true for both. Although some would argue the work will always be there. The kids are growing up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and, and the work, the typing, the writing might be a static thing, but my way of living and breathing and processing is inside of me and is growing and changing every day. So it feels like I'm missing it in the same way feels like I'm missing it with them. Like if I'm not working on what's relevant and living and breathing and dancing inside of me, then I'm missing that too. It feels like, because there are versions of you that like, if their work is not coming out as you're feeling it, living it, then it's gone. And that's just it. And if it's meant to come back, it will. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like being in constant connection and harmony and creation mode with that is vital to me and my mental health. It's just a vital part of me. I'm Bianca Liamora, and this is Help Me See. This podcast is devoted to the itch you cannot scratch, the fire in your belly, and the forever quest of seeing the deeper meaning of this life we're living. We meet at the intersection of art, self-discovery, beauty, pain, memory, nostalgia, and consciousness. Yeah, it's a pretty busy intersection. (laughs) I believe your photographic practice is a portal of presence and revelation that connects it all. I'm a photographic artist myself, an NLP coach, a mama, an HSB, an introvert, a dog-obsessed person with an unquenchable thirst for vision and not missing my life. This podcast is for the conscious creators in life and art and business. The conversations we have here are committed to honoring the wholeness of life and exploring how to bridge that gap between your distinct vision and your intentional life. We use photographic practice to light the way, whether or not you consider yourself a professional. I hope this podcast feels like a safe place to land and feel less alone, a place to get wildly inspired, and most of all, a place that always reminds you of your own distinct personal power. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Oh my gosh, guys. (laughs) I just have to level with you about the type of week I've had. Um, So last weekend, well, it's Tuesday. So two days ago, three days ago, was like the hardest parenting day of my life so far, at least the most outwardly chaotic. Um, and then today I had such a deliciously sweet day with my youngest and I feel so lucky. And you know what? This is part of the problem. (laughs) Okay. It's like, I had a day the other day where I just felt like this is inhumane. Like this is inhumane. (laughs) I was sobbing. I was angry. I was upset. 
I was so many things. And then today I can feel myself enjoying it. And then it teeters on the whole weaponizing gratitude situation where it's like, you have a beautiful day and all of a sudden you're giving yourself 47 lashes, lashings for having that rage and that those other thoughts. And for myself and for you, I want to speak to that and say both exists at the exact same fucking time. And we don't have to feel bad for losing our shit. We don't have to feel terrible and like ungrateful assholes um, because we're accepting and acknowledging the days that it's really, really, really hard. So I, the other day we had this really bad storm, actually a tornado. And for a few hours we were going into the basement or we were in the basement, all of us, like Ben, me, the two kids and did not for hours, did not sleep. Like Silas thought it was party time. He was, you know, making dinosaur noises, asking to watch Mario. Like he was just, he just thought the day had begun because I picked him up and we went downstairs and to the point where my five-year-old, so this Silas is two and a half. And the point where my five-year-old was like, can we please go upstairs now? Cause he was just so desperate to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, I wish my love. Um, anyway, so that next morning, I was supposed to go to just a music class with my youngest and, uh, but the five-year-old school was closed. So I was like, Oh, I guess he'll just come with us because that was closed from the storms. And usually I do not go do things like with both of them and just me. It's just not a good idea. And yet I was feeling a little bit bold. Hadn't really considered the fact that nobody had really good sleep that night. And um, so we get to this music class and I went with uh, two other girlfriends and they're, they each have two kids each. And there was a bunch of other parents and the, the ranges of kids were you know, probably like zero to five, zero to six. And the whole time, the whole time, I was like running after both of them, like, and obviously they're going separate ways. And it's the class was based in this like really beautiful toy store. And (laughs) I'm sitting there. If you're wondering if you hear typing, I don't know what you hear, but I am editing photos from a session while recording this on voice note. And that's just how this is going to go. Um, so I'm running after both of them and I'm trying to like very gently be like, boys, like, like, well, I don't, we we can play with the toys after let's pay attention to the, to the teacher. Like the music class is happening now. It's going to be done soon and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know about you, but with this conscious, gentle parenting that I really do believe in, I love it until I feel like such an asshole as like, they're blatantly just ignoring me and like ripping away from me. And I'm sitting there like, it's like, Oh my God, I just want to punch myself. 
Um, anyway, so I kept trying to just harness their attention in some way and like gently steer them to pay attention. And I was going back and forth between both kids. And then long story long, I see my littlest one heading for the, wait for it, fire alarm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I guess what happened next. Just guess what happened next. <laughs> Go ahead. Guess what the fuck happened next. <laughs> I'm not even, I really don't feel like laughing about it yet. In fact, I was at a family gathering where everyone was laughing about it. And I was telling them like very seriously, I'm like, it's actually really not that funny. Um, <laughs> it's just really not. <sighs> so the little one went straight for the fire alarm and pulled it and I could not push it back up. The building had to evacuate. The building (laughs) had to evacuate and fire trucks came. And what else happened? What else? Uh, So then I'm apologizing profusely over the alarms, uh, sweating like crazy because I had already been sweating from going after them. And I just bring them to the car because I'm like, I can't, I I felt like I was going to just start sobbing. And I was like, we just need to go home. We need to go home. Like fire trucks are pulling up and then I'm trying to get, so I put the little one in the car. I'm trying to get my older one in and he's just fighting me. Like did not want to go in the car seat. And I just broke down crying. I just started begging him. Just please, please, please listen to me. Like, crying. And then he went from being a little, you know what, (laughs) to all of a sudden looking at me and being like, it's okay, mommy. It's okay. It's okay, mommy. It's okay, mommy. It's okay to be sad sometimes. That happens sometimes. It's okay. And I was like, and then I started crying even more because the floodgates open. And then I'm like, oh, great. I'm like scarring him by like sobbing on him and (laughs) oh and then of course my dear dear friend was like trying to comfort me and like offered to help and she was just so wonderful and I just needed to get the hell home um and then I get home and then my partner starts you know you know sat them down and was like reprimanding them um And then there was like, of course, even though I'm so exhausted, there were like little parts of what he said that like afterwards, I was like, okay, I really don't think we should be saying this part. Like, it's not about being embarrassed. I don't want them to first think about like other people's response to, you know, what's going on as like, oh, what will other people think? Like, that's just not something I want to cement in my brain. Like, yeah, was it freaking embarrassing? Of course it was. But like, that is an irrelevant part of the conversation as far as I'm concerned. So, and then he agreed, but like, I was just so exhausted. I was so at my wit's end, but even then I'm like, ah, I don't, that's not the way I want to talk about this. You know, I'm just, I'm exhausted just retelling the story and I'm telling the story because then today I had this day where I was trying to multitask and do some work while my little one was running around my other one's in school. And he kept saying store, store, store. And I was like, okay, he obviously wants to get out. So 
we just had a day. And I took him to his grandma's house for a few minutes. Uh, I took him to swing. I took him to get ice cream. I took him to lunch. And it was just the sweetest freaking day. And I was so grateful. And I posted some of it. And I just find it to be so fucking important to talk about both. Because I think it's so easy to like lean in one way or another. And I don't want to lean into anything other than like what's real and what's true for this moment when I feel like sharing it. Obviously, I didn't share it in that moment. This happened days ago. Um, But I don't know. I just... I also uncovered something with, I didn't really realize I was going to share this, but why not? Um, I was working with a fellow NLP coach, uh, Jerrica Norton, and we were doing some NLP work that I thought was about money. And I actually uncovered something that didn't feel good. um, And it was kind of upsetting to me, but I kind of want to say it out loud because if I'm feeling like this, odds are someone else feels like this and it's really important. Basically, I am, she, she asked me something to the effect of like, well, what's the thing actually going on that like you don't want to say out loud? You don't even want to say it to yourself because you're like, oh, yuck. And as soon as like she said, or something like that, she's probably said it way more eloquently, but like, the thing that came up was something that it might seem obvious or like, Oh, no big deal. But like, it wasn't even something that I've been harboring or like keeping down and not saying, but thinking I never even made the connection in my brain. And this is the, why it is so crucial to stay opened and curious and exploring because I've been walking around feeling like, Uh, an anger, like 4 million pounds of just like heaviness. And then I said it and I cried and I felt shame and I felt upset. And now like ever since then, I don't know, I felt like oddly lighter about it. So basically I, I came to this realization that intentionality is so freaking important to me. Like it's one of like intentional is like one of the words that always flows from me whenever I do anything, but I, I have been feeling subconsciously. So the stuff that's going on underneath, I've been feeling like misaligned and I wasn't sure why. And basically through this NLP questioning, it came up and out that I realized I wasn't being at peace with what intentional meant to me. I've been so used to seeing what intentional looks like for other people and what I want it to look like for myself that I wasn't sitting with what it actually is meaning to me. Um, and if this sounds confusing, I'll equate it to something kind of very similar is presence. I feel like a lot of times people don't feel present or think they're not present, but it's actually only because they're not, um, their, their thinking presence should always feel like this ethereal, like 
yummy, beautiful, blah, 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 blah. When in reality, sometimes presence really sucks and is painful and is not this gorgeous thing. I really do believe that. I think that a lot of times we feel like we're not being present if it doesn't feel good and positive. Um, and that's the barrier. So what is it that I was feeling unintentional about when really it wasn't that I was being unintentional. It's just that I was like in denial over what that meant for me. Uh, basically the fact that everywhere I look, I see a lot of people talking about how they want to do this and this in their business so that like very quickly connected so that they can have more time with their kids, spend more time with their kids, be with their kids, be present with their kids, not miss the kid's childhood. Blah, 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 blah. And I deeply, deeply agree that that is so beautiful. And I really want that to be true for me too. But it is not. It is and it's not. And I think because I was trying so hard not to see and not to look at that side of me, that it was making it way worse than it needs to be. So in neurolinguistic programming, when I, so I offer these sessions as well. Um, I were always taught to look for the secondary gain of an issue. Uh, so what actually is the benefit to holding on to this? So one of the things I was working through was like money stuff and how like tough money's been and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and as I was like talking and this started coming out about intentionality, I was like, huh, what would be the purpose of like keeping that? What would be the purpose? Like, why would money have to do with this? Blah, 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 blah. And then it comes out that if money stays an issue and I don't, and it doesn't go away, that means I have an excuse to always work. I have an excuse to like, oh no, I need to work. No, I need to work. Um, and if money wasn't an issue, what would be the socially acceptable reason why I'm not spending every spare second with my kids? And it's hard. For, it really is hard for me to say it out loud too. It's like, I wouldn't even bat an eye at someone else saying this to me at all. In fact, I'd be like, more power to you, but it makes me feel really bad. Like I actually am like, feel like I'm holding back tears right now. Um, because, and I think this is something that's unique to photographers as well. We are consumed with the knowing of how quickly time goes, of how quickly they grow up, of how quickly things change, of how precious every moment is. And it can be suffocating. Sometimes I feel suffocated by being able to see so much. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes I feel suffocated 
by being able to see so much, so much beauty, so much knowing, so much um, just so deeply into what's going on that it creates this like dissonance between like, oh, I know that this is gorgeous and I should quote unquote should be savoring it, but I don't feel like savoring this right now. I want to go downstairs and work. Um, and there's no right or wrong. There's no, I'm not offering any sort of advice here because this is what I'm struggling with. Um, but how I'm trying to work through it myself is like extracting it from the context of what it is to try to make it more objective. And I'm thinking about it as like, if this was a photo practice, if this was in a photo session, like what would my thoughts be about this? Because that's where I feel the most present and at peace and like everything, even the quote unquote bad is perfect and fine and good. Um, so after I said it out loud and basically was saying, you know, a lot of times I want to work more than being with my kids. Like I, there's so much that I want to get done. And then I have these days like today where my plan flew out the window and I just embrace it. And I took him everywhere he wanted to go and it was so beautiful. And I felt so lucky. And then of course, of course, of course, on our day, I took some photos, like basically using my phone as my sketchbook and took some photos that were so precious and beautiful and will ultimately inform my practice as well, because, you know, the practice and life are synonymous. And I'm not going to use today to shame myself into feeling any sort of way or whatever. But what I am going to do is find a deeper rooting in the, and both of it in the, yeah, you really, really love what you do. And it's really, really hard to not be able to focus on what you love so much. And that same sentence can be true for my kids and also my work. It's true for both. It's the, it, it is completely true for both. Although some would argue the work will always be there. The kids are growing up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and, and the work, the, the typing, the writing might be a static thing, but my way of living and breathing and processing is inside of me and is growing and changing every day. So it feels like I'm missing it in the same way. It feels like I'm missing it with them. Like if I'm not working on what's relevant and living and breathing and dancing inside of me, then I'm missing that too. It feels like, because there are versions of you that like, if their work is not coming out as you're feeling it and living it, then it's gone. And that's just it. And if it's meant to come back, it will. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like being in constant connection and harmony and creation mode with that is vital to me and my mental health and my, uh, it's, it's just a vital part of me. And I have kids and I would 
die for them. I would do anything for them. And I love them so much. And I am on this journey of making both work. And they are some of my biggest inspirations and muses. And also um, can make it really, really hard. And that's it. And there's both. And there's no grand like, and there you are. Just follow this step, this step, and this step. And that's how you'll feel better. (laughs) The only thing I'll say is I think that we can all feel better when we stop trying to fix ourselves and we start just seeing it fully. And that's why I feel so strongly about these NLP breakthrough sessions. If you're if you are interested in having one and finding out like what's actually going on under the surface that I'm not cognitively aware of. Uh, I'm someone that loves to be in my head, loves to be in my brain and think, 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 think. I annoy the fuck out of myself with all my thinking. Like I, (laughs) even when I, (laughs) even when I'm in a phase of life, I'll say it phase because I go like, I'll do this for a few months and then not for like a few years. But like if I'm in a workout phase, which I'm trying to get back into now, uh, I don't even like to run that fast because then I can't think while I'm running, which is ridiculous. But I'm just trying to paint the picture here. All this to say, pulling that out, it's not necessarily something I wanted to see, obviously, because I didn't even realize that before that question, that quantum linguistic phrasing prompted me and it just came out clear as day. And I didn't really want to see it. But then after it did, I just felt so much lighter about it. And it's like not as scary because it's not something, it's like not a monster under my bed anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I mean, it's not cute. I don't love that at all. I Do I wish it wasn't so? Kind of, yeah. Um, but it's real for me and that's okay. And now I can move with it. And now that can infuse like, oh, okay. Now I understand why I am this level of frustrated about not being able to focus on my work. I'm this level of craving alone time. I'm this level of, you know, whatever. Um, so I just, I wanted to share that because it is of the utmost importance to me especially in having like any sort of platform that I'm always honest about what's going on in real time for me. That's why I don't do a lot of like working ahead and blah, 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 and do things very informally is because um, I want to be like an actual like live conversation and I want to be able to commune the stuff that are, that's going on in real time. Um, here. So if this is something you relate to and you feel seen, or you feel like this almost feels like just like an exhale, like, Oh, someone else just named it. Didn't realize I feel like that. And I feel horrible, but also better at the same time. (gasps) Then (laughs) you're not alone. And, um, yeah, send this to someone else that you think might need to hear it. If this was helpful for you, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to message me or uh, leave a review. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm forgetting to say something else that I really wanted to say. Mm. 
aha, that's what I wanted to say. Of course, photographic practice. Duh. Um, okay. Think of it this way. So I'm finding, I'm trying to find new ways to illustrate NLP and basically like this experience that just happened to me and uncovering this thing that like, I didn't know was there necessarily, but as soon as my subconscious like sent it up to my conscious brain, I was like, yep. Like, think about it in terms of when you're photographing, when it's like something you could have never possibly planned, but as soon as you see it, you're like, push the shutter. You're like, yes. Your whole body is just like, oh, it's something that you didn't even realize you needed to see. Something that feels like, oh my gosh, this is like the truest thing. And it didn't exist and it only existed for a split second. And you just take the photo. Like this type of linking, this type of um, exploration of consciousness for yourself is so deeply enriching in your work because the number one thing, I believe the number one thing you can do for making more powerful work is enhancing your connection, strengthening your connection to your impulse and to your truth and like just rooting deeper in yourself. And a lot of that can be hard to do. Um, but if you think about it in terms of taking a photograph and like when a moment all of a sudden comes together in perfect symphony and you just get this impulse to press the shutter and then you have, look, this, I can't even really describe it, but look at this. This is so important. Look at this. Um, that's what happens in an NLP session. That's what happens when, you're prompted in a way to all of a sudden some truth unearths from you and just happens. And you're like, Oh, well, there that is. Didn't really realize that was a thing, but boy, do I know it's true in my body. <laughs> <sighs> so good. So such a crazy thing. Um, Yeah. I think that's it for now. I am going to finish up this session. Uh, this session was the first session in a while that got me sweating. Oh, it got me sweating. Uh, not the actual session itself, but the editing of it. Um, because it was such a dark, um, it just was so dark and I love dark, but it was such a dark, uh, day and it was a dark house, which is so up my alley, but also, um, my favorite lens is very old and is not even an L lens. Like it's just super, uh, lower quality, which is delicious. And I feel like adds flavor to all the photos and I love it so much, but also it was, um, it was a very tough, combination. And I'm also really thankful for it because it has stretched me and showed me more in terms of editing. And I'm really grateful for the challenge. And I will be probably releasing a podcast episode on that once I actually finish this editing uh, in the next few days or so. And, and maybe I'll make a case study 
type of thing on it. Um, I know I'm going to be sharing about it in my conscious creator program. Um, if you are interested in these types of conversations, uh, but focused with a goal of creating work and getting guidance and intimate support on that, uh, sign up for the wait list of the next conscious creator cohort that will possibly be, you know what? I don't know that it'll be opening in November. Um, this one ends in November, but I haven't decided, uh, I, th- I think that the next cohort will be January. So in the new year, because I like me some, some new year fire under my butt. But uh, if you want to stay in the loop and learn more about um, how to engage in, in a program that deals with all of this goodness type of mindset, consciousness, art blend, then sign up in the show notes. And follow me on Instagram to keep up to date. Okay, my dears, that is what I have for you today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. Talk soon. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.